open to Psalm 115, and I've titled this talk, uh, God's in Control. And this is what um, Sister Danny was talking about, um, and all of us, when we testify, we talk about a, a before and after, about when we receive the Holy Spirit, uh, we move to the passenger seat, and God um, moves into the driver's seat, and then um, he takes control of our life. It's a, it's a handing over, isn't it? Uh, that's what we, that's what we get used to. Uh, and the Lord wants us to, um, uh, jump into the passenger seat and say, He said, just leave it to me. Just whatever, I, wherever I take you, um, it's the right place. And whatever, whatever direction and twists and turns we take, uh, it's going to be okay because I'm here, uh, with you. Just want to quote a couple of things. Uh, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, very well known verse, it says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So when we're, when we're called to him, we're now, uh, our purpose is in tune with God's purpose, isn't it? And there's lots of things that we were ignorant of before when we were um, when we weren't baptized, when we weren't filled with God's spirit, um, totally ignorant of, but now um, we've been included into God's plan. The other one I wanted to quote uh, is Joshua chapter one and verse uh, nine, and uh, he he says he said this to the children of Israel: "Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God." is with you wherever you go. So Joshua took on this great challenge where you had this, this amazing leader, Moses. Joshua took over from him, and this is, this is his um, encouragement here, that um, it would have been really intimidating for him, but the thing, the thing is, and with us, when we make contact with the creator of the universe, that's intimidating, but God says, don't be intimidated. I'm with you. I'm, I'm here. I've, anything that comes up, I'll be here right next to you. Uh, and so this is what I wanted to talk about today. It is uh, the natural mind. So the Bible talks about the natural mind being against everything that God tries to implement. And there's this battle. When we're filled with God's spirit, um, the battle starts, doesn't it? Your natural mind processes things one way. The spirit processes it processes things another way and it's that battle and we learn to listen to the spirit over the natural way of thinking but we're always susceptible to the natural mind that just doesn't doesn't go away it'd be nice but that is the battle so here in this psalm here it talks about the two um types of people there are in the world there's a there's a people that acknowledge god and run some sort form of religion, but they try to control God, and that's that's not what we're we're on about. Uh, control you cannot control God. Where um, God is in the passenger seat, they're in the driver's seat, and they just tell God what to do. Uh, and we'll read this here. It's described here in this uh, psalm. So Psalm 115. We'll start in verse one. So people rather trust in their tradition and their idols rather than God, and God brings it up. Verse 1, it says, Not unto us, O God, O Lord, not unto us, but thy name give glory, uh, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, 
where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever uh, he has um, he has pleased. And, and that's that's our God. Our God dwells in the heaven, and he does whatever God wants to do, and we're happy with that. We're happy with that, and uh, we understand God. God's a spirit, um, and and God's in control of all things in this life and in and in uh, the next eternal life. We'll go on in verse four, but this is the description of religion and about not handing over to God, and it talks about their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, and they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they uh, walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. And they that make them, I really like them, they that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusts in them. So it's all vanity, isn't it? I was, um, I was part of uh, a church like this. Uh, I was brought up um, going to a Catholic church. And ever since I was little, um, I remember like when we went to church, my picture of a church was walking into um, a Catholic church. And Catholic church to a little kid is um, pretty interesting. There's lots of strange icons around. And um, I could have I could have swore the, uh, the uh, church that I went to just down the road from here, Mary's eyes would follow you when you, stare, when you, when you stared at her. Um, and uh, it was just these things they used to do because I didn't understand what the priest was saying, so there's other things you could do, like count the rafters, uh, you know, stare at the statues and light candles, lots and lots of candles, all these sorts of things. But the Lord's just saying here, it's vanity. There's nothing in them. Yeah, I remember when I first came, and I've, I've told this story before, but if anyone has missed it... Uh, uh, what what mum used to do is there... Oh, she's probably watching. Sorry, mum. But she's forgiven me now. Um, there was there was an icon of Mary and it was plastic and it was full of holy water. And mum would take, um, twist Mary's head off and put a couple of drops in when she was cooking and, and put the cap back on. And uh, I remember uh, when I came back, I was just I was just so excited about what I've got. I said, mum, all that all that is 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 not going to do anything. Um, and I sort of poured, I, I sort of drank um, the water that was in um, in this icon and then threw it in the bin. And um, I don't suggest anyone witness that because it took years, it took uh, a decade for my mum to sort of come around after all that. But um, but that's that's the sort of thing. There's all these different things that um, they come up with, uh, and it's a substitute, as as Phil was saying. I was a big fan of, of cheap spare parts, but yeah, it comes back to bite you. Um, but that's what it's all about. Uh, in the world, they um, they don't have an understanding, and so they're forever coming up with different things that that uh, uh, do not have uh, any power. We'll go on in verse nine. It says, uh, "And here's the alternative, and this is what the Lord wants us to do: Oh Israel, trust thou in the Lord; uh, He is their help and their shield." So simple. Just, just trust me. Oh, house of Aaron, this is the the oversight and the and the priests. Trust in the Lord; He is their help and their shield. And it goes on. And ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord; He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. 
He will bless us. He'll bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. Uh, but the earth, to me, ought to bless you. And that's how it happens. Everything that we're going through, it's a process of just handing over to him and he'll hand a blessing back as long as we hand it to him. And that's what he's encouraging us to do now. Um, we'll go to Daniel chapter 2 and just look at um, what's happening around the world. That's why I've got a few of these slides. If we go to uh, the next slide, I'll just want to um, identify a couple of things that are happening in the world. And, and going through the news the last few weeks, it is there is so much going on um, it's astounding. It's it's just amazing when you look at Bible prophecy and and what's happening. I'm just I've just had the, just going to bring out a couple of things. Um, when you you Google these things, in particular, there's a prophecy in Ezekiel 38, and it talks about the different nations that are going to be in league with the northern nation uh, that we've identified as Russia, and um, and to watch for these nations. So I'll just read out a couple of uh, news headlines here. So we know that the third and second waves of COVID is happening all across the globe. And Jesus talked about that. He said there'll be pestilence, uh, there'll be famines, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places, meaning um, it's going to affect the whole world. It's not only going to be an isolated place. And we're seeing that now. It's It's clear. Um, what happened in Lebanon uh, two weeks ago with uh, the the bomb, or well, the explosion in the port there. Um, both Lebanon and Syria, and Syria are very weak. They basically do not have an army or a government that can stand up to a northern invasion uh, into Israel. Now, the Bible talks about this sort of landscape because the invasion is going to come from the north. Both those countries are in tatters. It's an open highway for any invasion. So that's another big thing. Uh, Russia... Russia had um, uh, a vote there um, to change the constitution there and there's constitutional amendments to keep Putin in power for two th- until um, 2036. Now, why does he want to be in power for that long if he hasn't got a plan? You know, it's sort of, if I was in office or whatever, you'd want your retirement package and your super and then, you know, but he's got, he's got things... Uh, that the Bible says that, uh, that they're planning. In Turkey, President Erdogan makes the Hagia Sophia um, a mosque. So he's turned it, it, it used to be a, a, um, uh, a museum, and now, it's, now he's turned it into a mosque. Now, originally, the Hagia Sophia was headquarters of the Holy Roman Empire in that region. Um, so that was like their Vatican that was taken over by the Muslims in um uh, in the 1500s. And so that, that's in the news. Iran is moving lots of mil- military hardware and troops into Syria. All these nations. And the other one is that there's a massive super dam being built in Ethiopia that's going to threaten uh, the water supply of Sudan and Egypt. So all these things are happening all at the same time. And Jesus is saying that he's coming back soon. And anyone here listening to this um, you must recognize it is the last days and God has a plan for you. He wants um, you to hand over control. 
So here, in Daniel chapter 2, um, this is a, a time where uh, Daniel is um, now not in his homeland, he's, he's captive. Uh, and he's, uh, he's in, uh, living in the palace with uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, and as we see in this chapter, we won't read the whole chapter, I'll just take snippets, but he's a hard boss, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he asked for impossible things, uh, and Daniel, because he handed control over to God, had the answer. Uh, we'll pick up the story here uh, in verse 20. So just uh, filling you in on the story, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And it the dream, he was so fearful of this dream, he knew it was a really, really important dream. He knew he needed to know the meaning of it. But then when he woke up, he'd forgotten the dream. Um, so he calls the, the astrologers and all his wise men and everyone. He said, listen, I've had this dream. I need the interpretation. And, and they said, okay, yeah, well and good king. Um, tell us the dream. He goes, that's the point. I've forgotten the dream. But you're going to tell me the interpretation. They're going, there's no one, there's no one on earth that could give you an interpretation of a dream and, and actually, um, get into your mind and, and sort of reveal those things. Um, and so because they couldn't give him an answer, uh, he just, he, he asked his, um, his chief military man there, um, to get rid of them all. What's the use of having wise men if, if they, they can't read my mind sort of thing. So a really hard boss. So like if you think your boss is hard, work for Nebuchadnezzar, you know, and then you won't complain about your boss, okay? Um, he doesn't sack you, he, he, he cuts your head off, you know, so, um, so Daniel was in trouble here. He calls out to the Lord. The Lord reveals the dream to Daniel. Uh, and Daniel's so thankful. And we pick that up in verse 20. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes the times and the season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness and light dwells with him. Okay, so this is a description of our God. Wouldn't you want to hand control over to a God like this? Daniel's God? Our God? It's, uh, it's fantastic. So everything that's happening in the world, whatever president's in power, whatever country's invading what, God is in control. We've just got to stay in his plan. And uh, we, can't, we can't go out and protest against everything because that's not our fight. That's not what God wants. He just wants us to concentrate on our relationship uh, with him. We'll go, we'll go through, uh, go down to verse 26. In between this, Daniel goes and he tells um, Arioch, uh uh, the, the servant of the king, and says, listen, we've got an answer for the king. Um, make a booking. I'm going to go and tell him uh, what the interpretation is. In verse 26, And the king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are thou able to make known unto me the dream which, uh, which I've seen? And the interpretation thereof is really surprised. Daniel answered in, um, in the presence of the king and said, The secret uh, which the king has demanded Cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the uh, magicians, the soothsayers uh, show the king? But there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets and makes known 
to the King Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days, in the last days? Thy dream and the visions of thy head uh, upon thy uh, head uh, upon thy bed are these. So uh, Daniel is now going to reveal the dream. He's going to reveal uh, a prophecy. Now this prophecy um, has been partly fulfilled, but it's still the prophecy we're living in. We're still uh, in this time, and so that's why uh, I've got this timeline up. So what you're looking on the that, that image there on the screen is um, the image that uh, Daniel is now going to reveal uh, to Nebuchadnezzar. So I'll read this and then I'll go through um, the prophecy that's uh, um, still going on at this time and that's why all these nations are behaving the way they are. Uh, go down to verse 38. I'll just pick up the last sentence of verse 38. Thou art this head of gold, which is Babylon, and after thee shall rise other, uh, another kingdom inferior to thee, that's the Medes and the Persians, and another third kingdom of brass, which is the Grecians, the Greek kingdom, which shall bear rule over the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, that's uh, the Romans, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these, it shall break in, pre- uh, in pieces and bruise. Whereas thou saw feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, and that's the ten barbarian kingdoms that came and broke up Rome, the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it strength of iron, for as much that thou saw iron mixed with miry clay. And the feet, uh, and the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou saw iron mixed with miry clay, there shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but there shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the king of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Okay, so here Daniel is basically given the succession plan of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And if you look up there, this is exactly what happened. You look up any encyclopedia, you you talk to any um, historian, and and they'll and they'll tell you that um, this is the way it went. Babylon came first, the the, the Persians came, the Greeks, the Romans, and the Holy Roman Empire uh, changed. So Rome changed from a military power into uh, they set up the the Catholic Church and turned into a, another force which was under that under that banner. So it changed the descriptions that the Bible gave as exactly what's happening in our world today. Okay, so this is like looking at a clock. And there's nothing that's going to stop this. You either get on board or you're going to be um, pushed aside by God's plan. And God doesn't want that to happen. God wants everyone to be included into his plan. And so this is, I find it so exciting because this prophecy is still going and we're at the end of it. So we've been called right at the end, just before midnight, just before Jesus Christ comes back, and we're going to be part of the next kingdom, which uh, is very, very exciting. 
Here, verse 45 will go on. For as much as thou saw that the stone that was cut out uh, of the mountain without hands and that uh, break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver and the gold, the great God has made known unto the king what shall come to pass hereafter. The dream is certain and the interpretation uh, thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation of sweet odours to him. And the king answered unto Daniel and said, of a, uh, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing that thou could reveal this thing. And he made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler of the whole province of Babylon and chief over the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. And then Daniel requested that the king looked after Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon and Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Now Nebuchadnezzar, you know that, that psalm we just read about the idols and, and setting up idols, well Nebuchadnezzar was the king of all that rule, all, all that way, that religion, the way that they used to set up idols and here he is bowing down because he knows he was a crook. He knows that nothing was in it. He knew it was all vanity and, and vain. He gets down on his knees and he says to Daniel, I've just witnessed power. There's power in front of me because you can reveal these things. Not only have you revealed it, but you have told me what the future is and what lies ahead. And we know here in, um, in hindsight, looking back in history, that it was all fulfilled. So what's the chances of Jesus Christ not coming back in the next kingdom? If all these kingdoms came one after the other, all described the same way. Every nation that's written in Ezekiel 38 are now active, every single one of them. Libya, Ethiopia, Russia, um, Persia. They're all doing exactly what the Lord said they would do. Israel re- reappears after 2,000 years. No other na- ancient nation has ever done that. 1948, they declare the state of Israel. These are all Bible prophecy. This is, this is, these are all red flags happening in the world under our watch. We're part of it. We're going to see the kingdom of God very, very soon. And that's exciting. And that's what the Lord's called us to. We'll go to Matthew, uh, we'll go to Mark chapter 14. So how do we get on board? Because all this, just like that was saying, the interpretation is certain and the, and the interpretation is, is sure. These words here are just, it's, it's, um, uh, like solid rock. It just cannot be moved. And, uh, it's just set. It's set in place. Now, in, um, this is Jesus in front of the high priest. So it's, um, Mark chapter 14 and verse 60. And here, um, the high priests were in charge. They were in power. They were in control of what the people believed. Um, and Jesus was challenging their power. He was asking them to hand over, hand control over to me, and you'll have a blessed life. But there was this resistance. So um, we'll read it. And uh, the encouragement in this this part of the of the scriptures is always hand over to God. There's no point fighting against this. So uh, we'll just, verse 60, it says, And the high priest stood up in the midst, 
and asked Jesus, saying, Answer thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? Uh, But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, We need no further witness. Uh, You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him uh, to be guilty of death. And they began to spit on him and to cover his face and and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophesy! Uh, And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. Okay, so that's the reaction to the Son of God. Jesus was offering um, illumination. He was offering them an answer to to the darkness that they were in. And here's their response to that. And God doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to push against him. He wants you to embrace life. Um, And so this is it. This is the struggle between handing over to God and and, and holding on to the things uh, that you have. We'll go to John chapter 15. And here the Lord is, in John chapter 15 verse 1, the Lord is giving us an insight to our relationship with uh, with him. And we'll just read here from verse 1 to verse 5. It starts here, I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, and as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Without me being in control, without me um, uh, connecting you to the Father, Nothing's going to happen. Um, just explain about a vine. Um, we used to have a, a big vine in the backyard. Um, I guess lots of people have these vines. We see them around South Australia a lot. They're they're amazing when you see row after row of these these vines uh, growing. And and talking to some of my um, uh, the people that uh, um, sell grapes to us and whatever, it's really interesting. Uh, the vine and, and how much work goes into it, uh, even the table grapes there, that once um, uh, the fruit is set, uh, the the farmers go through and they start cutting away um, the, the branches and and the vine needs to be cleaned out before to, to protect the um, the fruit of mildew because if there's too many branches and and it's holding too much moisture and the air's not going through, it can uh, damage the fruit. Um, and, and the Lord likens this to his relationship with us, that the Lord's in control, we're connected. There's fruit, but the Lord has to pull things out of our lives. He has to cut things off. He has to redirect the vine. Uh, he has to look after it. And it's um, sometimes it's hard in our lives to, to go through that. You're thinking, why is the Lord cutting this out? Or um, why, why are we going in this direction? Or why is this in, our, in my life? And the Lord's saying, I'm in control. Allow me to do it. You're in my vine. I know what I know what the big picture is. I know how to keep you healthy. What things 
um, to stay in your life and what things need to pull out, what direction to go to. And it's interesting how the Lord uses the vine because uh, there's a lot uh, that's in that. If we go down to verse 16, and this is how special it is. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, um, that wasn't your decision. Uh, the Lord has chosen us, it says here, and that the the opportunity was there for you and you took it. In verse 16 it says, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you, and ordained you, authorized you, that you should bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it uh, to you. So that's that's how it works. You're connected to me. I've chosen you. You don't have to tell me about all your weaknesses. You don't have to um, tell me about what's happening in your life. I know, and I've chosen you. And God says he doesn't make mistakes, and he knows all things, and he's chosen us. The Lord just wants us to be happy in that. He wants us to feel privileged. He wants us to know that uh, we're his children and he's there for us. And he wants us to just ask him. He wants us, uh, he wants to bless us like we, we read in, in Psalm 115. I want you to worship me so that I can rain blessings on you. That you'll be confident in your experience with me. We'll just go to the next slide. Okay, we'll go to Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. And here we're, um, looking at this miracle that the Lord performed. Um, his disciples were walking and they saw Jesus do many, many things and, and still in the natural mind um, would still question things. Uh, but this is a really good um, a story here to, to see who um, our God is and what control he has. In verse 35, Mark 4 verse 35, the same day... When even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when he had sent away the, sent away the multitude, uh, they took him even as he, he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, uh, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and saith unto him, uh, Master, careth not that we perish? This question, this uh, incredible question that they give him. Don't you care that we're going to die or perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's interesting how the Lord um, gave this this uh, this question back. Now, I feel for the disciples. They were under extreme pressure. There was lots going on here. And the Lord said, don't ever forget that I'm with you. Yes, you're in the most uh, incredible storm here. This is a storm you've probably never ever been into and everything looks uh, like it's out of control. But you've forgotten one thing. I'm in the boat. I'm here. Nothing's going to happen to you. Even if it looks like it is, even if your natural mind tells you that everything and the red light's on and everything is, you're in danger, if you're with the Lord, 
Everything's fine. And the Lord just reassured them and said, you don't need to be fearful. I'm here. And then he showed them his power. He said, he got up and he demonstrated his power and he said, peace, be still. And so the Lord just keeps on reminding us. There could be lots happening in our lives. Jesus is with us. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, just to finish, we'll go to Acts chapter 2 and verse, we'll go to verse 37. Just for anyone uh, in the meeting that um, have listened to what's being said here and you can recognize that you're living in the last days, you recognize that God's kingdom is about to come, but you're not ready. Well, the Lord, you can be ready today. It doesn't take long. The first meeting I walked into here, I I disagreed with everything that was presented. And I was baptized by full immersion. I received the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. And I, I was connected to the Lord as we just read out there that uh, we're, we're connected to the vine. Uh, Jesus has been with me ever since that day. Uh, here, Acts chapter 2, as Pastor Phil just said, um, even uh, when I witnessed to, to uh, Phil, uh, Bibles used to come flying back at me, you know, sort of thing. And then, and then as he, he saw the testimony and the power, um, he softened and looked at his own life. Um, and, uh, he, he's a lot better now uh, than he was back then. And at least, at least my Bible survives a bit better now. Um, so Acts chapter 2. So this is when the disciples received the Holy Spirit for the first time. And if you haven't ever read these scriptures here, uh, on this day, uh, the people that were opposed to Jesus, as we just read, the ones that um, were, were against him as, as the Lord um, showed them the, the plan of God, they recognized that Jesus Christ was the Son of God because he rose from the dead. And everything that the Lord said he was going to do, he did. So on the day of Pentecost, the disciples, 120 of them, received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. And there was lots of questions in Jerusalem because there's lots of people that were really wondering about the things that were going on in Jerusalem in that period where Jesus came in, he said he was the Son of God, they witnessed um, the crucifixion or heard about it. Then some of those people heard reports that he rose from the dead and then he talked about giving them the Holy Spirit and here they're, they're hearing about people receiving the Holy Spirit speaking. So they're seeing prophecy being fulfilled before their eyes. And in this part of the scripture, in verse 37, they were pricked in their heart. They knew, they, they believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and they said, we want to get into God's plan. We want to be ready for his kingdom and we're, we're going to uh, uh, read the instructions here. And when they were pricked, uh, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Repentance. Just drop your old ways and turn 180 degrees and, and turn and embrace God and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So folks, um, it's, uh, it's a very, very exciting time. There is things, there's prophecies being fulfilled all around us. The Lord wants us to stay faithful. He wants us to have him in the driver's seat. He said, things are going to happen in your life. 
There'll be things in your life, the Lord is, that's all the Lord's doing, he's allowing that to happen, but be not fearful, I'm with you. And all people said, Amen. Amen.